hard time. So I'm Nate. Uh, my name is Nate Templin. I am uh, currently regional director for uh, Royal Gorge Baptist Association and the Arkansas Valley Baptist Association. So I get to serve churches from West Cliff to Kansas and Shine Wells to New Mexico. So, um, and the beauty of what we do as, as Baptists, Colorado Baptists, is I don't tell anybody what to do. I get a chance to just serve the churches. Um, I am not an authority for you guys. You are my authority, and you tell me what to do and how to serve you. And so um, uh, Colorado Baptist is a little bit different maybe than what you might have experienced uh, because both leadership in the local church and leadership denominationally is a support system for what God is doing through our autonomous churches that choose to work together for the gospel. So it's a beautiful picture, right? Um, guys, thanks for sharing your stories. I, I really appreciate that. It helps me know you better, um, and it helps me to, to kind of know what's going on here. Um, I get to teach this morning very quickly. Um, uh, I should have just had them share a couple verses, and, and I, you didn't need me this morning. Um, so this, this subject of deacon is, can be a very divisive subject for some reason, uh, which is very weird to me. Uh, the Bible is pretty specific on what it is and what it isn't. Um, but it's also a little bit ambiguous on what that looks like. And so today we're going we're gonna to look at a few things that are very clear on what that is. And there's also room. There's a lot of room for what that is, right? And so hopefully today, um, and this, this is definitely my opinion, uh, yesterday um, you guys are kind of, uh, you're, you're getting me a little raw today, I would say, because yesterday I, I don't know if you've ever been to a soccer game in Pueblo, but I get a chance to coach my, my boys' team, uh, both Joshua and Liam's uh, and my elementary kid. He plays up, and so we middle school team. Um, and so yesterday was, a, was a, a game that we were playing a team that, uh, that had to win to get into the playoff. Now, we were already in the playoff, and so it was, we don't like losing, too, right? But it's middle school rec soccer, by the way, so, which means it's supposed to be fun and... and I'm a pretty competitive guy, and most of the coaches are too. So the parents um, were yelling at the kids. They were cussing at the kids. They were, they were threatening the kids. They were making fun of the kids. And in the midst of that, trying to process through that, trying to make sure our kids were okay, um, today I just sat, I just was sitting there this morning looking back over this stuff and going, that's why we're here. That's actually why we're here. When, when I see something happen that, that is, is overly sinful and just overall not okay, my default is not, that's it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that situation. My default is I want to run to that fire, right? And so today, as we talk about deacons, it's, it's not going to be different, Okay. Because as believers of Christ, we're all called to somewhat of what the deacon role is within the church. And so we want to make sure as we look at this that we're running to the fire and not running away. And when we see these things happening in our lives, we want to run to that and we don't want to run away. So um, really quickly, if you have your Bible with you, your electronic device... We're going to start in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And here in Acts chapter 6, um, 
it's possible, and, and this would be my opinion, um, and people can debate this, but it seems like this is really where this role of deacon might have started, right? Um, so you guys know what's happening in Acts chapter 6. The church is growing. Jesus has gone back. He's, he left a charge to his people, his, his disciples. Hey, by the way, you need to tell, tell others about me, right? And you need to spread that to others so that they may know the love, my love that I have for them, right? And so this church, this fledgling church, there were 120 that were in the upper room. Something happened. The Spirit came upon them, and thousands came to Christ at this point. So now they went from this few that were following Christ and following Jesus to a mass of people all throughout the city, and many that were going back to their, their hometowns that knew Christ. And so that's where we kind of come into Acts chapter 6. They, they are they're in, in, from home to home and in different places and in the temple courts daily. They're gathering for different reasons and different places and with each other in relationship. But as you guys know, in any organization, the more you have, the harder it is to please anybody. Not that that happens here, right? Um, I'm sure everybody's happy all the time and you are complete, in complete unity which is one of the biggest themes in Scripture, by the way, especially in the New Testament, is the unity of local church. And that's part of why people were coming to Christ so quickly, is the unity that the believers had with one another. So as we talk about this, this is an easy, this is an, this is an easy teaching where we get to go, who are we as believers, and what is this deacon role? So in Acts chapter 6, what's happening? Now at this time, the disciples were increasing in number. A complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. There was a need, right? There was more people, which is a good problem to have, but they had to serve a lot of people. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. So what's happening? The twelve... They were part of serving these people too. But there was such an amount of people and the church was growing so rapidly that what had to happen? It was too much. How do we know it was too much? What was the problem that they were not able to do? What was it? What were they not able to do? They were neglecting the Word of God for the good things of serving people. They were neglecting the most important thing for them for the purpose of doing and serving, which, which God still calls all leaders. He calls anybody in the kingdom, which is an upside-down kingdom in many ways. When you look at the world, the world and leadership is we climb ladders, we make more money, we have more responsibility. It's always about bigger and better and more. In the kingdom of God, it's about less and less and less and less. And the role of deacon is not different. It's actually a role of lessness. It is a role just like every believer to serve, right? Why? Because there was a need. And in verse 4, but we, still, we will devout ourselves to what? Prayer and to the ministry of the Word. The role of the leadership of the church. And once again, there's something different when we look at 1 Timothy. What you're going to see is there's something different in different roles. It's not lesser or greater in the kingdom. It's just different. And it's, it's okay to be different within that. It's no different in the family. It's no different in leadership within the church. It's no different in, in the different things that God calls us to. He does call us to be equal. It is equal in salvation, but it is different in different roles. And so the disciples who would have been more of the leadership of the local church, 
the ones that were pushing the kingdom forward, they were dedicating themselves to praying and making sure people knew the truth about Jesus Christ, right? In the midst of that, there was a need, and it was taking, it was a good need, but it was taking them away from the most important thing that Jesus Christ called them to do, which was to go everywhere to equip the saints for the ministry, to push people into mission, right? And so the statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's deacons, candidates, hear that? Okay, that's one of the qualifications. Full of the Spirit, full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, that guy, that guy, that guy, that, seven of them. Let's just say that, right? And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Okay. What was the, how do you know that you chose the right people to serve the church? Growth. The natural outcome of a healthy church and healthy believers and healthy leadership is the community wants Jesus. When the community doesn't want Jesus, we need to look inside at ourselves and go, maybe we're the problem. Right? My kids don't want... the, the kid, I had three kids that didn't want to play soccer anymore. Why? Because the parents took what was supposed to be fun and good and learning experience, and they'd made it selfish and about them, and they lost the purpose of that soccer which was for them to learn how to be people, how to learn to operate within society, how to grow, how to, how to do things when they're difficult, right? We don't want to lose sight that when the church is healthy and the people of God are healthy, the community starts to desire Jesus and growth happens. It is a natural outcome of a healthy church and healthy leadership. That's the picture of what should happen. Now, we're going to jump over, and then we're going to answer five questions, okay, really quickly. Hang on, i got to reconnect, because apparently I'm not connected. There we go. All right. You have a physical Bible there, Greg, because technology is amazing. Hey, thanks, sir. All right. So we're going to jump over to 1 Timothy, and we're going to start in chapter 3. I'm the opposite of most people. I have to take my glasses off to read. Um, it's very weird. All right, so chapter 3 says this. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires the office of overseer... Now, you're wondering why, Nate, why, why are we talking about overseer? Because overseer leads into deacon, and there's a difference between the two roles. He desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up in conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, that's interesting, so that he will not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. That's, so overseer, elder, pastor, 
churches have different ways of talking about who leads the church forward. And within Southern Baptist life, a lot of times deacons are that board. I don't, to be honest, to some extent, what I care about is that the roles are not lost. You have to have healthy leadership. No matter, I, sorry if you don't like this, but no matter what you call it, you have to have healthy leadership. Those that are equipping the saints for the ministry, that are dedicated to the Word of God, and that are making sure that the boundaries within Scripture are kept, and that people are helped, and we're leading forward. And you have to have a role of, whatever, of this deacon role, which is, what about caring for things? What about taking care of those things, right? You guys can argue at a different time about what you call it. But what I would tell you is the overseer is also, I would say, at Steel City, we have three elders. That's the way we function. We don't have deacons because we're a young church and we don't have deacons at this point. Maybe at some point we will. Maybe we'll call them servants, okay? Because here's the part of the important part. As we get to this about deacons, it's very short. It says, deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued. So listen closely. Not addicted to much wine, not greedy for honest, dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slandering, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their household well. Sounds very much like the overseer position, doesn't it? Why? Because as believers, this should be all of us. Don't act like the leaders in the church need to be the ones that are living a certain standard. This is a believer's standard. This is not a high standard. This is a very low bar overall. Hey, you know what? Follow Christ and follow Him well and let others think highly of you because you follow Christ and you serve people. Amen? Amen. That's the church. The roles are just the people that said, I will sacrifice my life to see the church reach people and love one another. That's the difference. The overseers say, let's take the hill. The deacons say, how do we take the hill together? Let's do this. Let's care for the things that are going on. So to have, have arguments and things about who is what and who's called what, stop it. That is not the desire of Christ. His desire is that you would love one another, that you would serve one another. And some of you as deacons have said, I will love people so well that I will sacrifice my time and my money and my life for them to be okay. Does that make sense? The arguments that people have are dumb. <laughs> I wanted to go and tell those parents off. I yelled at them from the sidelines. I was like, stop acting like the children on the field. You're 40. Stop acting five. Church. Stop acting five if you are. You're mature believers. And together we should do something together for the glory of God so that the community may know. So let me read through these questions really quickly and then we'll be done. So what is a deacon based on this? The word literally means servant. It's what the word is. We just for some reason in English decided to transliterate it exactly to deacon, which means servant. Serving 
is a kingdom quality and long precedes any thought of deacon. Hey, they had people serving in the Old Testament. It's not a pastor, an overseer, or an elder. That's clear within Scripture. There's no need to have or to be able to teach within the deacon role. It's okay, but that's not a qualification within Scripture that has to happen. The role of the deacon is not meant as a positional authority. It, in one part, is a call to do what we are called to do, which is serve. We are all called to the same role. The deacons are just leading the charge of going, we will be the lead servers. Right? A deacon or servant helps the leaders of the church multiply the ministry, spend more time in prayer, equip the saints for the ministry, and focus on Scripture more. Why is it important? Because as a church, we are a body, and everybody has their role. You're not different whether you're a deacon, pastor, all of us are a part of this. Who should be one? Well, we just looked at the qualifications. Not a high bar, but it's an important bar. And to be honest, it's not to perfection. A deacon, a pastor, it's not a perfection. Those are not perfection roles. But they are roles where we have said we will dedicate our lives and commit our lives so that you will be equipped to do the ministry within the church and to reach the community. How should they serve? Sacrificially. And without seeking authority, because their authority is relational, not positional. By the way, you know Stephen was a deacon? What happened to Stephen right away? <laughs> Do you know why Stephen was, was martyred right away? Well, Saul was present. Absolutely, man. Good job. Because he shared Jesus Christ. By the way, deacons, Philip was a deacon. Stephen was a deacon. And you know what the stories are about those guys within Scripture? They're evangelizing the lost. They were willing to give their life so they may know. It's, the deacon is a role. Spiritual gifting dictates how you live out that role. Okay, So if you want to be like Stephen, you can be sacrificial and boldly sharing with the lost. If you want to be like Philip, you want to be ready and sharing the gospel with any and all. And seeing many come to Christ. Stephen was actually called an evangelist, by the way. So just because it's a positional role does not mean that you should not know how you function within the role based on your gifting. So when should you serve? The answer is yes. Okay, just say it out loud, yes. All right. Whole church, yes. Okay. Any instance where there is a need to serve others so that the leaders of the church can focus on teaching, equipping, prayer, and the word. Why is it needed? First and foremost, because God calls us to love and serve others. You're just the lead servers. You're the ones that are loving people so well that they know and come to Christ. Jesus said the greatest will be the least. You're the, you're the greatest least. 
You're the one saying, I will be on my knees. It's the picture of Jesus Christ washing his disciples' feet. It's not different. But that's all leadership within the church. You just get to lead out in being the lead servers. It's a big deal. It's a very important role. Also specifically so that the pastor, elder, overseer, leader, whatever you call them, can focus on what they are called to do. Deacons allow the church to... Listen, this is important. Deacons allow the church to grow and be more effective at what God has called it to be and to do. That's what the deacon does. It frees up others to serve in their roles and with their gifting. It's, it's a piece of the puzzle. So what does this mean for you guys, the church? Here's what I would say. Those of you who are not in the deacon role or not seeking the deacon role, the church must search out and appoint servant-hearted individuals that serve unselfishly and have the qualifications that are found here in 1 Timothy and in Acts. That's what you're looking for. And you should be praying for them and you should be served by them and you should love them. What does this mean for you as individuals, as deacons? If you aspire to be a deacon, your call is to serve first and serve last. Your call is to strive to live a life that seeks to live by the First Timothy life. This is not a small commission. You should self-assess as you think about the deacon role. You should be humble to be called into such an important role within the body. You should seek to share Christ in the community. You should always be asking the question, how can I help? Roles within the kingdom are opposite from the world. I just need you guys to hear this as I close. The family is this way. The church is no different. Within the church, there is no ladder. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who is willing to give his or her life for others. The ultimate display of love is a willingness to give your life for your brother, for your sister. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be other, set apart, and different. When the world calls you to be more, Christ calls you to become less. When the world tells you desire more, Christ calls you to give away more. When the world calls you to pursue your own desires, Christ calls you to seek the kingdom and his desires. The deacon role is a microcosm of the kingdom of God. He must become more, and you must become less. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for these men.